Welcome to the Fit Femme Project Alignment Podcast. It is here that we cultivate and gather all who have been through it in fitness, relationships, careers, lifestyle changes, and unforgettable crucial life pivots trying to achieve their most sovereign selves. We're here to provide you with thought-provoking, detailed stories and information from truly fascinating men and women from all walks of life, professions, generations, and modern-day sagas who speak to their rawest, darkest moments that made them the strong, decisive, humble, helpful, healing people that they are today. We ask them to hold nothing back because life is a multi-dimensional pursuit to be stronger, healthier, and more aligned mentally, emotionally, and physically. Let's go. Hey FFP ladies, this week's episode is a recording of a masterclass that we had with the coaches and some of our amazing clients inside of our Facebook group. It's one of the many cool things that we offer there. So if you want to be in on the inside, click the Facebook link in our show notes below to join and enjoy this week's episode and let us know what you think. All right. Thank you everybody for coming. So if you're here, you're interested in understanding some neuroplasticity and how we can rewire the brain and the body and the central nervous system to start working for us, stop firing in the the wrong situations and start working for us rather than against us and creating a happy, peaceful, um, you know, responsive environment for us to exist in. So I'm really excited here. Nicole is going to break down the science and everything about neuroplasticity, the way the brain and the, the central nervous system, everything's all wired and how it works. And then Lindsay is going to tell you how to adapt and how to integrate all of these cool things into your life and just improve um, everything that you do, uh, fitness, relationships, career, all of these things. So um, we are realigning the central nervous system. So let's hit it off. Go ahead, Nicole. (laughs) She's paused and looked, or she's frozen and looks so beautiful. (laughs) She's a dad, dude. She looks like Pocahontas. Oh, there she is. My internet connection's unstable. Like me. You're not the only one. You're good. But uh, yeah, girl, it's your turn. You you got the wheel. Okay. Welcome, everyone, to this month's masterclass. It's so exciting to have you here. I'm Coach Nicole Terraway, and... be fair my wi-fi has been terrible too okay um looks like i froze but i think we're good now so the biggest reason why i want to talk or why we're going to talk about your nervous system today is because it helps answer part of the reason why we do things we don't want to do or why we don't things why we don't do things we do want to do so if you think of a scenario that many you know especially a lot of the women we work with um but maybe you have found yourself in before where um, you want to lose some weight and you want to keep it off. It's very common. So in order to do that, you know that consistency with your nutrition and physical activity is key to lasting results. So maybe you start your diet and maybe you like working out, but you know that the food and the cravings piece, right? If we focus on that, that's maybe where you need to put some attention on because not overeating maybe has always been the biggest struggle for you. So kind of put yourself in that scenario. So let's say you're on the third week of your diet and a certain moment appears, the one that you've been dreading. I literally was talking about this with one of my clients this week, actually probably like two or three. 
It's that particular moment where you have everything planned perfectly, right? Your meals are maybe pre-cooked and pre-measured and they're in their own Tupperware containers in your fridge. And all you have to do is pull out a meal and heat it up in the microwave for like a couple minutes and eat it. Like the setup does not get any easier than that, right? You've probably been there at some point on a diet in your life before. But even when things are that easy, in that particular moment, you walk past the fridge and you open your pantry and you pull out the peanut butter and you dig in or replace peanut butter with anything, popcorn, whatever you name it. It's like you wanted it, but you also didn't want it. You know, so if you have been there, just maybe you can raise your hands or just nod and be like, yeah, that sounds familiar. So you dug into the peanut butter and you're over your calories, maybe over your fat grams, maybe you're feeling guilty and you sense like the old habits of remorse and shame and you're making fast decisions to cut your calories the next day or run, do an extra hour of cardio to undo the damage from all the peanut butter you just ate. That's what's going through your mind. And you know that if you'd had control of yourself in that particular moment, that split second moment where you had the choice between the perfectly planned food in your fridge or the peanut butter in your pantry, if you'd had a choice, then you probably wouldn't be dealing with any of the post peanut butter guilt or the remorse or the anxiety that you may be swimming in in that moment. So understanding that moment and how to stop repeating it is where you need to know about your nervous system. So if we kind of, if we dive into the nervous system, not, there's like, there's so much, I'm not a nervous system doctor or anything or like expert, but we're going to talk about some important information so that you understand that moment a lot better and how to move forward from it uh, after tonight. So a lot of the information I got were from two main sources. I love the Andrew Huberman podcast, but I've also read the book, The Body Keeps the Score by Bessel van der Kolk. If you haven't read that book, I highly recommend it. Um, do not read chapter five at night. It's my only warning. It's on child abuse, that's why. So just read that during the day, but it's such a great, fantastic, informative book. So if we think about it, your brain, it's not a standalone part of your body, meaning it's not separate from your body or, and it's not so special or so powerful it, and that your body is secondary to it, okay? Oh, Rosetta's asking, what was the name of that book? The Body Keeps the Score. So your brain is part of your nervous system. It's not separate. And your nervous system also includes your spinal cord. And it includes the connections to your organs in your body and the connections from your organs back to your spinal cord and your brain. Like you can't separate them. They're all one loop. Like you cannot tell where one starts and the other, and the other ends. So notice how you may make a choice to eat because you felt hunger in your stomach and your nervous system is the one who orchestrated not only the sensation of grumbling, but also the communication between the hunger hormone in your stomach, which is known as ghrelin and their other uh, hunger chemicals, but it orchestrated the communication between that hormone ghrelin and parts of your brain so that a choice could be made about what to do to eat or wait to eat or not eat. Then your brain sent signals back to your muscles to move towards the kitchen to heat up some food if your choice was to eat. This is how you function. So from the moment you're born to the moment you die, that's how it works. Everything you think and remember and feel and everything you do is orchestrated by your brain, your spinal cord, and your body. Your nervous system governs all other biological systems in your body and it's influenced by the biological systems in your body. 
you have trillions of neurons in your body and neurons are nerve cells. And the orchestration between your brain and your spinal cord and your body is your living experience. It's how you experience your life each day. So if you want to change anything about your life, such as losing weight, then you have to change your behavior, such as stopping overeating so that you can lose weight and keep it off. Then it means you have to change your nervous system. Now, the nervous system does five things. I mean, it does a lot more. Like I said, I'm not an expert, but these five things are really important for you to know. The first we're going to cover is sensation. This is a like non-negotiable element of your nervous system. It's just, this is what it does. Touch, sight, taste, sound, and smell. And then the other three senses, which are your vestibular sense, proprioception, and interoception. So it's what allows you to move, what gives you awareness between your body and other things. And interoception is that sense in your body. It's the, they call it the, how you know, you know sense. So your entire experience of life is filtered by these eight senses. The second thing that your nervous system does extremely well is perception. Now, our ability to take what we're sensing, right, those eight senses and focus on it, that's perception. So we make sense of it. We explore it and we remember it. Basically, whatever sensations we happen to be paying attention to in the moment, that's perception. So for example, you pay attention to your feet and what they're in contact with. The sensation of touch was happening all along, but you only perceived it when you paid attention to it. Now, attention, what's important to know is attention is always under your control. And you actually pay much, I'm sure we all know this, pay much better attention when we're rested. You can be more deliberate with what you pay attention to. So here's a really neat thing about our nervous system. I'm gonna talk about reflexive and deliberate actions. The nervous system, it wants to pass off as much as it can to reflexive action, where information is flowing in through the senses, regardless of what you're perceiving, right? So bottom up, this feels easy and it's natural and there's not a lot of metabolic demand, not a lot of energy that goes into it because it's reflexive, you don't think about it. Now, deliberate action and perceptions and thoughts, those are top down where you have to focus your attention and your behavior. And it's always going to feel like it requires some effort and some strain, like some mental friction. And that's the really cool thing. You can decide to focus your attention, to focus your energy and your behavior on anything you want, but it will always require some effort and some strain. Whereas in reflexive mode, where you're just walking and you're eating and you're pooping and you're going through the motions, it's just going to feel easy. And that's because your nervous system is wired to be able to do most things easily and without much metabolic demand or using up a lot of energy, right? But as soon as you try to do something very specific, it's going to be challenging at first. And it's designed to be that way. And you cannot change this. Now, the third thing your nervous system does really well are feelings and emotions. So these are, your feelings and emotions are a product of your nervous system, meaning like happiness and sadness or grief and boredom or anxiety or restlessness or resentment. They are the activity of your neurons, right? Those nerve cells your nervous system releases certain chemicals called neuromodulators that have, that have a very big influence on our emotional states. So you've heard of some of them before, these chemicals, serotonin and dopamine and epinephrine. Your mood can be elevated. You can feel motivated thanks to these chemicals by your nerve, sent, released by your nervous system. 
So another thing to keep in mind with feelings and emotions is they are extremely contextual, meaning some cultures, for instance, allow some emotions over others. Like sadness is encouraged in some cultures and sadness is maybe shunned in other cultures. And a lot of times emotions can feel like they're not within your control. So they may feel reflexive. The fourth thing that your nervous system does really well that you need to know about are your thoughts. So thoughts are similar to perception, except that thoughts work by remembering things about our past and anticipating and imagining things about the future. And they can be both reflexive and deliberate. So we have reflexive thoughts, meaning they're always in the background, they're helping us make decisions, and those decisions feel easy, like filling up a glass of water and drinking it, right? You don't really think about that action. And we also have deliberate thoughts where you can decide to have a thought, where you're controlling your thought process. And then the fifth thing that your nervous system does really well are actions. Now, your actions and your behaviors are the most important aspect to your nervous system. And I really like the way that Dr. Huberman explained our actions. And he said, our behaviors, our actions that we do, are actually the only thing that are going to create a fossil record of our existence. So sometimes we may be in our head and thinking a lot and solving problems in our head. That's not going to make a difference until your body does something, maybe from those thoughts or not, right? It does not, it just stays up here. Nothing comes of it until you act. So sometimes when we feel overwhelming emotions, like lots of happiness or lots of sadness, or like in the case of an overeating episode that we wish hadn't happened, we may feel lots of guilt where we feel consumed by it and we think, that it actually has greater meaning than it actually has. But the truth is, like for all humans, for all mammals, actually for all animals, I would say, the sensations and perceptions and the thoughts and the feelings that we have in our lifetime, none of that is actually carried forward except for the ones that we take and convert into actions. So the fossil record of every single one of us, of every species, is through action alone. So when you feel super motivated to work out, that's a great feeling, but it won't make a difference in what you want until you take action. Feeling guilt after an overeating episode feels awful, and you might make it mean something negative about you, but it will not change until you take action to change it, okay? So much of your nervous system is dedicated to converting your thoughts and your perceptions and your feelings and your emotions into action. Our nervous system is designed to impact our behavior. And we have reflexive behavior, like, you know, walking, that feels easy. And then we have deliberate behavior, which does not start off feeling easy, but is ultimately what we want when we're trying to change something, like being more consistent with working out and with eating only what we need for our health and fitness goals. The moment that you decide to deliberately change or forcing yourself over a threshold or out of your comfort zone, if you will, while you're, anytime you force yourself to change, you are engaging your nervous system and you feel as though something is challenging or that something has changed. And so as an example, right, you may read an email from your boss and you decide you want something to eat to help you write your response back to him or her, but you tell yourself that you don't want to eat or you shouldn't eat because you're also trying to lose weight. And that may feel, you might start feeling agitated and maybe stressed or resentful because you are deliberately telling yourself not to eat. 
What that does is that releases norepinephrine, right? Those chemicals, which then releases another chemical, adrenaline, and that feels like agitation in your body. And this is really important to understand because if you want to shape your behavior, then this agitation is required, okay? Remember that. And now this brings me into, from your nervous system into neuroplasticity and why this term is so important. Neuroplasticity is the process by which neurons, right? Or those cells in your nervous system and your brain and your spinal cord, neuroplasticity is a process by which neurons can change the connections in the way they work so that you can go from things being very challenging and deliberate to being easier and more reflexive. That is neuroplasticity. And that's how your nervous system can change itself. Now, there are two ways that we can change our nervous system for the most part. We can go through an extremely difficult and traumatic experience, which is kind of like a one-time change, or we can make small changes over time. So in a bad circumstance like trauma, change happens without you having to do much. But oftentimes these changes, are they're not ones that you want. But when you want something to happen, like let's say stopping overeating or automatically waking up and working out, right? two common examples, then you have to be alert, you have to focus, and you have to continually bring attention to whatever it is that you're trying to learn. And this is how neuroplasticity or the process of change can actually be triggered to enable changes in your nervous system or to take actions from being hard to being easy. And at the beginning of any change that you're making, agitation and feeling the feeling of strain, they're going to be required. So if you feel that way, don't think anything's wrong, just go with it, keep going. Neuroplasticity, it has to go through certain steps in order for change to actually happen. First, you have to want to learn to learn something. You have to want to make a change, such as learning how not to overeat. That's the first step. And the second step is you have to be aware of what you want to specifically change, which in a lot of our cases is behavior around food or behavior around exercise and movement. So perhaps it could be the action of not reaching for the pantry or not walking towards the kitchen, but instead walking outside. And then thirdly, you have to create a window of attention and focus that is different from the rest of your day. And this is what actually cues or triggers your brain for change. This is why practicing meal prepping and planning, as agitating and annoying as it may feel at first, it's a perfect example. Those who meal prep and cross that threshold of agitation, they now meal prep as easily and effortlessly as they get dressed. And that's the point. You want to make things easier, reflexive. And the really interesting thing about neuroplasticity is that no change, and either interesting or sad, it's interesting. I encourage you to think interesting. The interesting thing about neuroplasticity is that no change actually occurs during the thing you're trying to learn. So trying to learn the skill of not giving into a craving at seven o'clock at night, that's not where the learning actually happens. The learning will actually happen at when you are sleeping at night when you're or when you're in moments of rest. So like, if, let's say you're at lunch and you're sitting in your car, you just had, um, you just ate, if you lean your head back and close your eyes, I'd say moments like that, that's rest. The steps that I just listed and sleep are the steps that you want to repeat until you're doing what you wanted to be doing, until you've reached your goal. You want to engage deliberate awareness, you want to engage focus, and then engage deep sleep and rest. Now, last point I'm going to make before moving on to Lindsay are mistakes. This is something really important that you need to know when learning how to change your behavior. 
we're going to make mistakes, right? It happens. Like if you want to stop giving into cravings and you succeed for like four days in a row, but on the fifth day, let's say you give in. Our brain actually becomes primed. It is ready for neuroplasticity or for the capacity to change the moment right after the mistake. So if you make an error, for example, maybe you ate one more slice of pizza as a response to a craving, make sure that the next thing you tell yourself or the next thought you have is one that is helpful, okay? So instead of telling yourself, oh, I failed again, you know, which might make you feel guilty and disappointed in yourself, tell yourself the truth that you had one more slice of pizza than you planned. You realized you had a craving for it. And the next time you order pizza, you'll do your best to eat more slowly, drink more water, or help yourself find ways to enjoy the amount that you planned. Your brain is ready to absorb whatever you do after the mistake. So help yourself learn the correct information. And the reason you wanna do this is because, like I said, making mistakes or errors are part of the learning process, except it never really feels good. And if you ignore or walk away from the mistake, such as you know eating that extra slice of pizza and you just walk away and you're shaking your head at yourself, then you're only reinforcing how bad it makes you feel, which is what your brain and nervous system are going to remember and want to avoid in the future. And this does not help you grow and learn. It just, it just sets you up for more fear of failure in the future. But if you tell yourself that it was just one slice, right? Just tell yourself the facts. It was just one slice. And next time you'll set up your environment to make eating what you planned easier on you, then you are learning and feeling more encouraged rather than feeling defeated and guilty. So <clears throat> to bring it all together, I would just, I'll condense it to like this one main point. Change is never easy at first, but it does get easier with practice over time. And the more you practice deliberately, the easier the thinking and the action becomes. So do not give up just because it's hard at first keep going. You will achieve your health and fitness goals. Just keep showing up every day. That's what I got. Good job. Good job. Always learn so much from you. Yeah. So that was the science science, the smart science. And now it's time for the bro science. Okay. Just kidding. But this is going to piggyback off of what she said so do you see what's going on behind me though? <laughs> ah, I made the apocalypse, but before Jesus comes to get us, let's get fit. <gasps> okay. So I can get so distracted by this storm. The one thing um, that Nicole says that really strikes me is I've never put that word to it, but irritation, like aggravation, like this is the thing I should be doing and I don't want to, it's, I'm getting like, it's getting on my nerves. Like these rules are getting on my freaking nerves and they are stopping me from feeling good basically like in some capacity. And that's a really good term for that because one of the things that I had to change, like really change to overcome like my fitness set point. And I do talk about this a lot because we all have like a fitness set point where maybe it's five pounds, maybe it's 10 pounds, maybe it's a certain pair of pants and we can get to that fitness point. That's not our end goal, but we get to that point and then we always go right back, right? 
we gain and lose the same five or 10 pounds. We get into this one pair of pants, but not the rest of our summer clothes or whatever, whatever it is. Can you hear that? Okay, good. I don't, well, cause I don't want to just be making faces and people being like, oh, drama. But I would just like to title my speech the way Oprah Winfrey ruined my life for a little bit. <laughs> because, you know, she will talk about these aha moments, right? Where she found something or she heard a quote or something happened and it was like a light switch went off and she had this aha moment where everything was crystal clear and it made sense and there was no resistance and your life changes in that moment. And I was looking for that for so long in fitness, this one thing that is going to make this easy for me. I just needed to find this one superfood that was going to burn belly fat. I just needed to find this one exercise that was going to be something I loved and that my body loved and that I was going to start packing on muscle and getting rid of excess fat just naturally and easily. And for a long time, I searched for my aha moment and that doesn't exist. And that kind of mindset and selling point is so pervasive in women's fitness. It makes us... Um, unconsciously almost so resistant to accepting that it's not fast. It's not going to be one thing that we eat or that we don't eat or one exercises that we do with the best possible form that transforms us overnight. So getting into that what helps so much rewire your brain is identifying the real enemies. And I think that that is, if there was going to be an aha moment, that is a chance for you too. So we, 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 we villainize our bodies, parts of our bodies, our fact that our bodies don't respond the same way that they used to respond or that something that works so well for a friend of ours isn't working the same way for us, what's wrong with us? It must be uh, my hormones. It must be my thyroid. It must be A, B, C, you know, fill in the blank, but we villainize all these things. But what Nicole just talked about, those feelings of irritation, those feelings of resistance when a challenge is presented, like that mental challenge is presented, like, I have this meal prep to heat up. It's right here. Why do I want to go graze like a toddler through the pantry? It's not even easier for me to do that than it is to heat up my meal prep. That resistance, that's your enemy. And just identifying those points in time, those feelings, those impulses, and for me, it's so much about identifying things as what they are. I'm an impulsive person. It is something that I fight, that I have to identify like that's an impulse. That's a knee-jerk reaction you're having to band-aid yourself. You, you want to go respond to all these emails and you feel like you also need a bowl of M&Ms to be able to accomplish this, right? 
so relatable what you said, but identifying like in that moment of time saying, that's my enemy. It's not the spare tire around my waist. That's a symptom of the actual enemy of these mindsets I have. And honestly, taking responsibility for when you do act on emotions and not from a place of judgment, not from a place of blame and shame and beating yourself up, from a place of literal observation, like this happened, what was, what was the emotion that I had? Um, I didn't, it was something I didn't want to do, but I had to do. So frustration, maybe I was also tired. What was my impulse? Get the bowl of M&Ms, right? To make the task seem more enjoyable. That's the enemy. And not allowing yourself to let you off the hook, right? We don't always act on our emotions. We don't, or we would like be in traffic, getting out of our car and ripping people out of the driver's side window and beating them. But we don't do that. So we do have impulse control. We do have the ability to control our emotions when it's worth it to us. So when you identify the actions that keep backtracking you, that keep making you non-adherent to your plan, that's your enemy. And sometimes it's flat out saying it out loud, right? Like you're in the situation, you're standing there and you're like, this is, this is my enemy. This habit I have right here to come in um, with my kids after school. And they start pulling out all the Cheez-Its and the Pop-Tarts, the Baby Bell cheese, um, trying to think, the Takis, whatever kids get out. And then I start grazing too, right? Because it's easy. I am also tired. I also would like to have a high-fat, high-carb snack. Sounds amazing. That's your enemy right there, right? Not, you know, your butt or your thighs or whatever, your genetics. That's not your enemy. Your enemy is the stories you tell yourself that keep putting you back in this cycle of disappointment. That is, that's the true enemy. Um, this is something that I want everybody to think about because I see this a lot in my clients and I see a couple of them on here. So if I've gotten on to you for saying this, you're not the only one is when you see good results and you're proud of yourself but then you have that impulse to say, thanks, but I still have so far to go, right? You make some progress, but the first thing you think of is to downplay it. Yes, <laughs> Stacy. <laughs> yes, but it, it's super common. Like we are real quick to, when we don't make perceived progress, like if the scale doesn't go down or we don't notice, um, you know, progress in our pictures or whatever the case, we're real quick to go like, yeah, Dang, I can't believe I X, Y, Z. I really thought I would have whatever. But when we do make progress, we still degrade it. We undermine it. That's also your enemy. Not understanding, like, and like, it's one thing to be like, yeah, I know. I know progress is slow. Okay, but do you though? Do you know that that is literally the only way to get to your goals is step by step? that that 1.2 pounds or 0.8 or whatever it is that you lost on the scale or that you didn't lose, but you had more energy and you slept better, 
and you got PRs on your workouts, do you really absorb that that is a level up and another step closer? And the only way you're going to get there is step by step. There's no skipsies. You're not going to be able to leapfrog one dang thing. Dude, I wish. I wish there was a secret code. I wish you could warp right through the levels. You can't. You have to go through every single level, defeat the mini, the little mini battles along the way and get there. Um, let's see. Has anyone, is there, is this question for me or just at question? I don't know who said it. Has anyone felt that disconnect from their progress, even though it was progress? Yeah, I see it all the time. And it's like, I don't know if people think, or we, I say people, I've done it a hundred times. I don't know if it is just that you're scared that if you're proud of yourself, you're going to lose that hunger. Or if you, if it's just kind of ingrained into us that we can't be too proud of ourselves. We got to stay humble. I, I hate humble. I really do. I'm not humble. I'm not going to be humble. I'm going to be proud of myself. There's things that I absolutely rock at and I earned every damn drop of it. I will never be sorry. I will stay humble in that I always have more to learn. I'll hang in there with that. But as far as not being proud of how far I'm come, I'm done. I'm over that. And I'm not even going to be fake about it anymore. You know, I won't even be like, oh, you know, it's just I, I still have a lot of improvements made. I am very much a thanks. Right. <laughs> and that feels really, really good. Um, it's a daily struggle for Brandy practice saying, thank you. I worked my butt off. That's it. You know, you don't have to downplay it. Don't say you have so far to go. Look, we all have so far to go physically, mentally, yeah. right? <laughs> also remember that some of these things have been ingrained in you for years. So try to also realize what's coming up from the past. That is true. I got called a narcissist. I had to Google it up, but I'm not, spoiler alert, I'm not. <laughs> you but are not a narcissist. I no, I know. I know. But it's just one of those things that celebrate, celebrate yourself every time you make an accomplishment, rewire your brain to be proud of yourself. And then be proud of being proud of yourself because that's also an accomplishment. Rewire your brain to take, to take away, taking away from yourself. Like I just see it all the time. And it's like literally one of my least favorite, but I have so far to go. Like what's the end point? There's not an end point. You are exactly where you are supposed to be right now. Identify the enemy, be proud and understand that every day, and this is true too, whether you win or lose, okay? So whether you fall on your face, you eat the extra slices of pizza, whether you raid the pantry with your kids or you hit your macros perfectly, hit five PRs in your workout, drink your water and poop two times. Guess what? The next day, you're back to zero. Celebrate your wins and then start back at zero. It's a new day. It's a new day to win. Remember that every single day that will rewire your brain to stop thinking of it as you are just this continual like rolling snowball. You, you got you're back at zero every single day.
I like that. I really like that analogy. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, and to you, like, that's all, like, all we're about as well, like meeting yourself where you're at every single day that you wake up and knowing, you know, that that 1% could be a completely different fulfilled 1% every day or whatever it may be. Yeah. So. And we talk about that too, how you're 100% on a day where you feel great and you slept a solid eight and you crushed everything. That 100% is going to look different than when your kid walked into your room barfing in the middle of the night, right? Your 100% is not A, B, and C gets accomplished. Your 100% is your best you can give for that day, respecting where you are physically, mentally, and emotionally. Yeah. And I know we also like to touch on how we don't like to look at things as a checklist, especially when it comes to these big picture things. Small tasks like walk the dog, do the dishes, do the laundry. Yeah, sure. Turn those into a checklist. But like when it comes to getting fit, it's like don't put like lose 10 pounds on there uh, in a week or two weeks as like one of your checklist things, because those are those things that are they really they're not something that's just you can just do on autopilot. You have to be present for them, especially when you're trying to gain that. Uh, you're first of all, you're trying to educate yourself. Second of all, you're trying to do something that is one of the hardest things to do. And that's, and it's for a good reason. It's because you have to be able to carry that mental and emotional stuff along with you as you're changing your body. And if we're trying to evolve ourselves in those three levels of our reality, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things. So we, we can't be rough on ourselves when we're trying to do something, but we also can't overcomplicate it either. There's, there's science and there's biology. And then there's the way that we evolve ourselves mentally, emotionally. And uh, it's really good to keep in mind all of those things. And yeah. Zan has a good question here um, that I've experienced personally and with clients is when people start to notice and comment and you start backsliding, right? You know, have you seen, y'all seen that, right? Everybody has seen that. Like you lose pounds and someone goes, you look good. What are you doing? And you get all happy and then you're like, yeah. And you celebrate by slipping back into the exact same habits <laughs> that brought you to a point where you want to change so badly. And what that is, is again, a chance to recognize that you have not completely overcome that habit yet. That's okay. That's good information to have. You recognize that you say, I'm proud of myself but that dial starts back at zero every single day. Um, and it, a lot of time it's just like celebrating too early. <laughs> it's a lot of it. Yeah. And I mean, only, you know, your journey and what's been going on inside of it. And, you know, I think some people look at it like, what's your plan? What are you eating? How much cardio are you doing? And that's kind of like, sometimes when you're getting those, those compliments, that's how people are looking at it. Cause they'll just be like, what are you doing? Yes. So stepping out and just like zooming out and looking at the full picture is incredibly important. So I like that you said it like that, Lindsay. And I know too, you had mentioned something before, like along the lines of like, <clears throat> so I will, or I used to use like punishing myself or degrading myself as like a point where I would, I'd be like, I would use it as a tool as motivation. <laughs> like take a negative thing to like, and I would like, I would always load myself with negative things as like motivation. Nicole, you might be able to like kind of elaborate on this too. Um, but 
Do you know what I'm trying to say? Um, you go back to what's familiar, and if if you in the if you've been using negative, like in like uh, energy or emotions, like because you don't want to feel that way, thinking that feeling that way now is going to avoid feeling it in the future. Um, you're just practicing feeling it now. That's what you're getting good at, and we yeah. don't realize that. And so we need to like understand that how we feel now is honestly just how we're feeling now it's not a premonition for how we're going to continue to feel and understanding the facts of that that your, your nervous system is just saying hey this is how we're feeling now the chemicals are talking and saying this now does not mean forever is that what you were getting at yeah pretty much yeah that, that was a really good elaboration and also too we have to keep in mind that because we have like these instilled beliefs in us or like these these limiting these patterns and behaviors that aren't serving us right now and they're inside of our bodies they're inside of our brains and they're circulating they're generating specific chemicals like nicole said earlier like everything just kind of keeps going in a cyclical motion and when we start doing something new it's like the spinning wheel we kind of like put like a wrench in it and it's like oh and it's going to start fighting and it's going to start fighting it's going to start fighting when we want it to go like just as like a picture we want it to go the opposite way let's say you know, we want to, instead of doing these, these bad things that are serving us bad and releasing these hormones that are, um, that are not working for us or serving us. And we want to go the opposite way so that we're getting the opposite results. Uh, the body's going to, the resource, the central nervous system is going to apply that same amount as resistance as you are applying to it. So that's why we're seeing, that's how we're feeling with these emotional, um, we're going through like these withdrawals and um, we're feeling like the body's like fighting us on it. And um, as we're pushing towards our goals, that's when we have so much resistance because we're literally getting that resistance from our past limiting beliefs in the way that our brain is currently wired. So um, that's like, you know, what Nicole was saying earlier, um, you're going to feel that when you start to push into creating new habits and patterns of behaviors for sure. Can I add one thing really quickly, Casey? Yes. So I was, I can't remember who I was telling this to this week, but um, a lot of times we're going to, when we start making a change and this ties in with what Lindsay was saying, like, you know, just, you gotta notice when there's change and celebrate it. When let's say we wanna stop overeating and we, um, we notice that we still keep overeating, but sometimes we work backwards. Like we don't, we're not aware of what, of what happened or what triggered it until after the fact, but eventually you work backwards. You'll become aware during the overeating episode, and then you'll become aware before it happens. So you kind of work backwards. That doesn't mean anything's gone wrong, but every step you take, every, every, every second that you realize, oh, this is a second longer that the urge didn't last, or this is a second longer that I held my ground. That's a win. Like Lindsay was saying, like celebrate that because it's, that's, what's going to get remembered when you go to bed that night. And then the next time you have an urge, it's just not going to last as long, or the change is going to have happened the next day or within a few days. So, um, if it's, if you, if you feel like you're not getting it right at the start, just keep going because changes are happening and you just have to work backwards. Sometimes is how it might feel. It is. That's a hundred percent true. There's, you know, like you'll beat yourself up because you went into the pantry and ate um, a piece of chocolate, but you didn't eat the whole bar, right? And the next time, maybe you just grab half of a piece. All of that stuff adds up too, and is the your is going to be your path to feeling completely in control. Mm -hmm.
there's there's I'm telling you can look for those aha like oh there's gonna be this one magical quote or podcast or something and it's gonna the light switch is gonna turn on it's not it's not it's compounding effort over time coming from observation letting go of beating yourself up letting go of expecting perfection and just knowing that the next day that's a new day and yet he learned you a little lesson that you're going to take into that new day. Nicole, I think you got a question in here. It says, is that why change always feels uphill because the central nervous system is literally meeting force with force and making it uphill? What feels uphill is you're no longer running away from what you were running away from because you turned and faced it. So I like to say when you're running away, from the shadow on the wall, it, the shadow is going to keep getting bigger and bigger. But when you turn to face it, it stops growing. And as you walk towards it, it gets smaller and smaller. And you realize it was harmless all along. But if you keep, as you're turning around and walking towards it, there's going to be moments of uncertainty because you're in new territory. Instead of running away, you're now facing it. So you're like, uh, this, that's why it helps having a coach or having someone there who's been there to learn from, to be there with you to understand those moments of uncertainty and doubt and nervousness and fear, but to assess results that you take from actions you've uh, taken to see if it's working or not. I hope that made sense and answered yeah. that question. Okay, cool. Yeah, sure did. Um, how are you guys feeling after that? Did we, did we learn something today? Cause I thought this was a pretty dang cool topic. It is. Yeah, because I, I know we all combat resistance like in one way or another and literally everything we do, whether it, we can like dock it up to be anything, you know, laziness, fear, whatever it is. But it, at the end of the day, it's all resistance and we, you know, combating it is the cool. I love the, the shadow on the wall analogy. <laughs> love it. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, Kaylin and I were like, heck yeah, that's freaking cool. We're also getting shirts that say... <laughs> what let's all get fit before jesus comes no before jesus comes let's get fit yeah <laughs> well i it calmed down out there so <laughs> we have time <laughs> we have time to meal prep that <laughs> <laughs> time we can get in even better shape to be in his army <laughs> But yeah, um, I'm really glad that we had a good turnout tonight. This is awesome because, and I know um, I see um, uh, two of my, well, three of my ladies here, four of my ladies here, five, yeah, five, six, six of you have been in the alignment system or are currently in it right now. So you know exactly what is going on right here and all of this talk and you're actually going through the motions of rewiring your brain and your central nervous system and you're feeling it and you're, you're starting to create new patterns. You're starting to do what serves you and starting to understand what's good for your routine or what's good, more good for a tool in your life. Um, releasing these energies that no longer serve you and obtaining the tools and resources that do. Um, it's kind of like looking at like a tree you planted, you know, way back in the day and maybe, we, you know, we grew that tree and we grew it to like where we wanted. It's a perfect picture tree, but we're noticing that the foundation is just like not as strong as we want it to be. So cutting down that tree back to the foundation where it got a little bit weak 
is sticky and muddy sometimes and it doesn't you know it doesn't feel you know the best but when we cut it down and we go back and we start to actually put all of the sun in all the fertilizer all of the all of the water and maybe even get it a bigger pot to grow in like giving yourself some space and grace putting it in a bigger pot um, and regrowing it it's gonna be a little bit mucky because yeah we got rid of that big chunk all that stuff we worked on that's like our you know our, our currents in the last couple of years I mean growing a new tree and re-identifying yourself and giving your body a new way of thinking and breathing and working and responding and thriving um, is absolutely worth it so the good the old tree rebuilding the foundation or sometimes you even just like uproot the tree and you're like I need new seeds so I can so I can do this the right way and that's okay that's what we're all here to do so um I know Caitlin no we're gonna do this what oh yeah oh okay um yeah we want to I want to talk about the podcast really quick oh okay yeah. So um, I know that you guys have probably seen some of the uh, podcast stuff come out. So Caitlin's going to give you a little bit of information on how to find the podcast, the Fit Fem Project Alignment podcast. And then we have two clients here today that are going to um, hang tight with our coaches. I would love if you all just hung, hung tight um, with them to talk about their experience and rewiring their brains to get them to where they are today. So uh, Caitlin, if you want oh. to... <laughs> you don't you don't have to if you don't want to but we, we all love you <laughs> um yeah so as you know we have a podcast out. I don't know if you guys have listened to it yet but um it is on Google it is on Spotify and it's on Apple um if you just want to go there and subscribe what really helps us is uh ratings and reviews and then downloads so if you haven't like done a rating or review that'd be great we're doing little giveaways here and there for people that do review um yeah I think that's all I kind of wanted to say. It was just a little reminder. Tell all your friends. And yeah. If you don't know, she's our podcast host. She's being super humble and weird right now. Or she just forgot. What? I'm being humble. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not trying to be humble. <laughs> we just talked about this. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, go go and listen to it. It's really fun. Um, every week. We're going to try to do twice a week too at some point. So yeah, no promises promises <laughs> I look horrible in this camera <laughs> you look fabulous nope oh my gosh <laughs> they always make an appearance luckily we're all women here so um but yes okay now let's jump in here Nicole who did you bring in today who decided to come join us everybody please meet Emily Hopkins Emily just wave or raise a hand let everyone know who you're there she is Okay, Emily has been with us for just over two months now, and she is, I, okay, what I really want you to know about her is how, what she wanted to work on when she joined and where she is now, and kind of like a culminating moment, I would say, overseas that happened for her that kind of brought a lot of what she's working on together. It's just, I love her story. I love where she is now. I'm so proud of her. I'm so happy to be with her alongside this journey, this part of her life. So without beginning or without further ado, Emily, um, where like the one big question to start would be what brought you to the FitFam project? Like what were you working on? What wasn't working? Let's start there. Okay. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Um, so 
what brought me here, uh, I think it was fate because I was just scrolling on Instagram and I'd never seen the Fit Fan Project. I'd never heard of it, anything like that. And just scrolling one day and you actually had posted something on a site that we both we both uh, follow. Oh, yeah. And I just happened to be like, oh, what is Fit Film? Because like that had come up and I clicked on you and I went down the hole, the rabbit hole and found you guys. I mean, so yeah, fate for sure <laughs> um, brought me here. Um, but my history is yo-yo, dieting, um, having the self, the negative self-talk in my head, um, binging the whole, you know, the whole thing. And I'm just, I was tired. I was just so tired of it being all consuming in my life. All my kids are out of my house now. It's, it, I was just like, it's now or never. Like, I have got to get myself in order. And I think I even said this to you, Nicole. I was like, when I'm 50 years old, I don't want to be thinking about my nutrition or being overweight or having these horrible self-negative thoughts in my head. I've got to there's got to be another way. There has to be another way. And I found it. It's amazing. Yeah. So it's like, I, oh, I remember so much our first conversation and conversations we've had, not just through trainer eyes, but like on calls between now and your, Emily, like your, your, your tone, your perspective is like, I remember that first call you were just, there was very much of, um, I could sense like, is this going to work? Like, I'll give yeah. it a try. I mean, and, but it's like, I was like that too. I think everyone here has been like that. We're like, just, just give it a try. But now it's like, you just sound excited and you sound happy and you sound like you're looking forward to things. And that's, that's what gives me life. I'm like, to be excited about what you're doing during the day and what you're achieving is there's it's so much. So my next question to you is where, um, like, what would you say, like, where are you now in terms of the progress you wanted to make when you joined and what kind of, um, what were like one or two, uh, I guess, moments in your journey that helped you see, okay, things are changing. Sure. So where I'm at now is um, I definitely feel, um, this is not 100%. I mean, I think everybody on here can understand that you have good days, you have bad days, you have good hours in the day, you have bad hours in a day. So I, I'm kind of generalizing, but my head is clear. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Um, my head is clear on um, what I need to do in my journey. Mm. Like, I know I need to meal prep. I know that that's, I need to get my protein in. I know that I need to get my water in. And it's nice to have those little things where it's, uh, you know, if you do these things, you're going to have a good outcome. Yeah. 
And that feels safe to me. That has become safe for me to know these little things. If I can do these little things, I'm on my way. Um, and I think I, this is recently, and I've, I told you this, but I used to hate to go out to eat. I mean, I would love it because typically I would like eat everything. And then of course, afterwards I would hate it because I had, you know, binged and, and the whole negative talk, but now I'm able to be calm about going out to eat and actually enjoying, you know, being out with my husband and not worrying about what I'm going to feel like afterwards, what my mind is going to say about, you know, about what I've done. And just this past weekend, we were going to go to one place and I had looked at my menu. I had done my, you know, due diligence for the day where I've gotten my protein in and I had kind of had an idea of what, what I needed to do at the last minute, the restaurant changed. And typically that would have made me spiral and I would have been in a bad mood and I would have taken it out on my husband and he would have been like, what is, what's happened? Like you were in a good mood. Now you're not in a good mood, that kind of deal. But I did have the impulse. I did kind of be, kind of was like, oh, we're making a change. But I immediately was like, it's okay. We can make a change. I can make a change. I can do this. And before I started working with you, that would not, I wouldn't have had that thought at all. That's yeah. like that. You just, that confidence, that self-reliance, like I got this, like not yeah. a big deal. Yeah. yeah. That's what we're going to keep building. We just keep working on that. And that's going to be your life. That is your life. And we just keep, keep going. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I am so proud of you. I love that you're here. And I love that we've been doing all this work. Um, yeah. That's all I had, unless you had anything else that you wanted to share with everyone, any observations or like anything that you thought we should know. I've listened to the podcast. I'll go in and I'll write and review because it's good. I like it. I actually <laughs> listened to your episode today, Nicole. So, um, and it was, it's just nice to know I'm not the only one that has gone through this. I mean, I know that I'm not because I know that it's prevalent. Women have these issues, but it's also like, I kept my secret. Like I can't follow that secret. It, it, it's a shame ish thing that I had problems with eating that I had problems with my weight, that kind of thing. Um, so it is just nice to understand that it, it affects more than just me. So, yeah. Yeah, this is a good community and you are, everyone is safe here to talk about anything, get all that out to work through it. Oh, thank you for telling us that. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. And now I have the lovely and beautiful Jillian Anderson, who has been with the FitFam. Are we coming up on two years? Yeah. I think in June, end of June or beginning of July is two years. Two years. And man, um, so I think you're definitely one of those people that would be like, what do you, what do you need? You know, like, uh, what, what was your motivation to start with the FitFam? Sure. Um, so I, um, I like, 
I'm sure some of y'all tried all the weight loss solutions, struggled with self-hatred, um, you know, have like a trauma background. So there's a lot of junk in there. And so exercise was to try to get smaller because I thought if I got smaller, I would be loved. And I had an unhealthy relationship with food that was used to either punish or reward myself. And so there was just a lot of unhealthy thought patterns and behaviors um, with my life. So I had tried, I tried for a year to do it myself, but there's so much noise and confusion in the fitness world. And you see social influencers who say you get abs in six weeks and I fell for it. And after a year of trying to do it for myself, I thought I can't do this and I need help. And I think that's one of the biggest steps in life is to say, I need help. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so, we feel like it's such a weakness when it is, that's, that is the epitome of strength. Mm-hmm. This letting is saying to ourselves and to other people, like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't got it actually. Um, and what was like in your head, like, like talking about rewiring the brain, can you pinpoint like the biggest mindset habit, whatever you want to call it shift that has happened to you over these two years that has made this because, I mean, I got to brag on you just like a second but my gosh when you talk about something somebody that just hits their stuff boom 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 yes well that was not the case for a lot of years so that has taken time and I I like to look at my journey in chapters so the first year with the Fet Femme my mindset changed around my relationship with food food was not for reward or punishment. It was to put fuel in the tank. And it was a good thing to nourish my body. And the more I nourished my body, the more healthy I was, not just physically, but I could be present with my kids. I could work. I could do things. Um, I changed my mindset around the gym. It was no longer to get smaller. It was to get stronger. And confidence came. I thought confidence was going to come with aesthetics, but confidence came that I could do hard things and I can push myself, which I never believed that I could. Um, And another... I think the biggest thing with mindset shifts for me personally is there was grief. There was grief and frustration associated. Food was one of my drugs of choice. And so I had to break up with that relationship, that unhealthy part of that relationship with food. And I had deconstruct it, tear it down, and then build it back up. And as uh, this is not scientific, but personally, the way that happened is with mindset shift changes, there's resistance. And your brain says, no, 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 what you, what we've done has worked. It's worked. Keep doing what we've done. And so when the mind shift was changing, it's rough. It's hard. It's not easy, but coming out of it and looking back, you know, hindsight's 2020, I have flourished and thrived and I pushed through that resistance. You know, they say the way out is the way through. And I went through that hard resistance with the help of a coach, I couldn't have done it without a coach because they're like your voice of reason and objectivity. When you when you have mindset shifts, there's panic, there's confusion, you're scared, there's fear, there's doubt. And so that's where a coach comes in with a reasonable voice and, and helps you navigate that journey of mindset shifts. Yeah. And I just think being reminded that you are on the right path and this is why, and this is what you could look forward to. Because when you are inside your own head, it very much feels like the devil you know is better than the devil you don't. You know what exactly. I'm saying? Like both of these are uncomfortable, but at least I know this one. At least I know this misery. I don't, I'm, I'm uncomfortable right now and I don't know the outcome. 
So that is, that's a really good point about having a coach is someone that goes, this is why, and that this is what that looks like so that you can come back and be like, okay, I'm still here. I'm still pushing, but you have like, you know, continue to do such amazing job and love the long term of a program because we get to go through different chapters together. Yes. Right. We just recently made like a shift that's going really good training. For yes. Like- and I, and that's, you've been part of my second chapter, Lindsay, and I think you've really helped with mind shifts as far as solidifying habits. You know, I changed those mindset shifts and now they need to be solidified. And you've really helped with the solidification of those things and, and refining habits, my morning routine, my evening routine, how I'm showing up for the day. How can I push myself in a reasonable way that I, I still am, you know, healthy and not overdoing it, but yet seeing progress. And that's where you've helped with that second chapter in my journey. Yeah. And just hanging in there, hanging in there, because if you come in and you're like, this is what I, this is how I want you to eat. This is how I want you to work out. This is what I want you to do in the morning. This is what I want you to do in the evening. Hey, midday. No, you got to work into this stuff. Like Casey said, beat, 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 back it up. And just be patient. And when one thing turns into a habit where you're not on the struggle bus every day to get there, you get that down. And then we can add in something else. And it just all like, it's like Legos. It just builds into something really cool. Exactly. And when those habits are built, like for example, Lindsay knows I went through a pretty traumatic situation about two weeks ago. And because I've solidified these habits, I was able to maintain those habits that I've learned even through a really rough patch. And not that it's perfect, but it's progress. And And it's it's consistent. It's like comfort, right? Like it's like, okay, this is, Bat, bat crap crazy, but I can still make sure that I am well fed and moving my body the way that I can right now. I have control over that and being able to, to approach that is not stressful, but a source of comfort is huge. huge. Thank you so much. I love you. I love you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I know that, um, we definitely like to also on the FitFem project, we're always learning and growing as coaches too. So we're always like learning and growing alongside of you. It's like that was like, honestly, that's my favorite part. I mean, it's not, you know, we're not all in the same, our journeys are not the same at all, but whatever is in our arsenal will also be in your arsenal as well, which is really, really cool if it's applicable. That's what I really, really love. And we all love different things too. We all have different ways we like to do things and need to do things. So uh, the coaches have a lot of different cool things in their arsenal. So uh, I love that. All right, y'all. Do you guys have any questions? No questions. Just a lot of gratitude for tonight. Yeah, me too, man. Yeah, this was a good one. But uh, everybody feeling good? Everybody feeling like they got a little bit of alignment out of this? A lot of clarity? Want to make sure we're leaving you guys with some good sleep for the night. Yes. Yeah. Rest, recover, and hit the freaking trail tomorrow, baby. But yeah. All right, y'all. Thank you guys for joining us for the Masterclass Rewiring the Brain with the FitFem Project. If you haven't checked out the podcast yet, make sure you go hit it up. It's a pretty good one. I'm still like, I'm still like in awe because I know we've been working on it behind the scenes for so long and now it's here and I'm just like, holy smokes. Like, and then, 
you know, my bestie's out there doing her thing as the host and she's doing a, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> a dream of her own. So I, yeah, it's, it's very fulfilling and warms my heart. So, um, I love, I love you guys and I hope you guys have a really good night. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Thank Bye. you guys. Bye y'all. Thanks for listening to the FFP Alignment Podcast. Please support us by downloading, rating, and recommending us to your friends and family. Be sure to check us out on Instagram at the Fit Femme Project. That's F-I-T-F-E-M-M-E Project. And for those of you looking to find their essential balance of lifestyle and fitness, book a free consult by going to thefitfemproject.com. That's F-I-T-F-E-M-M-E Project.com and click apply now. Until next time, this is the FitFem Project Alignment Podcast.